Are you ready to get provoked? You're listening to Can I Live, a show created to excite, ignite, and expose. Let's tune in with your host, R.W. Jones. Welcome to the Can I Live podcast. I'm your host, R.W. Jones, and we have the wonderful Glenn Warren and um, uh, Anthony James. And so today we're talking about the art of co-parenting. And I know it sounds corny because we're so used to like, you know, just that gut punching type, you know, in your face, you know, but the truth of the matter is our our families, our families, our families, these black and brown families out here, us, our families are being destroyed in these streets. Our families are dying. Our families, our children are grown up without fathers. Our, you know, youth are being sent to juvenile detention centers at alarming rates. Our fathers are behind bars. Our uncles are, you know, the men are just exiled from our families, single moms, you know, raising children alone. And if I go to another vigil, which I ain't even going, if I see and hear about another death and one more of our sons, why mother, what, what mother are you next? Like what mother has to be next on the who shot your committee? I don't know. But God forbid, I can't, it can't, you know, I pray that it's none of us. But it's like, yo, that has become like the, the story of our life. You get shot, you get the t-shirt, rest in power. You get the teddy bears and the candles at the corner. And, uh, and the, the, the teddy bears get dirty and dusty after a while. You get the broke down balloons. And then everybody go on about their business. You live in pain, hate, unforgiveness, all this stuff. And then until the next person gets shot. And then you do that shit all over again. And it's like, yo, that's played out. Are we not tired of that drama, that saga? Because it all comes down to some fundamental principles that you've heard on this podcast before. And so tonight we're talking about the art of co-parenting. Why? Just because you hate them. Like, what if you hate them? We're going to talk about that. And I'm going to put myself on the chopping block. And I think everybody here, even those that are joining us from Facebook and live stream and our live studio audience, what if you really, really just totally dislike them? Can you still co-parent? Like Glenn's book says, Glenn says, when love is not enough, but can love, real love. Now let's talk about real love. The patient, love is kind. You know, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't easily, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't boast. It doesn't dishonor. You know what I'm saying? It's not self-seeking. You know, all of that things, it always hopes, perseveres, trusts. That love, that love is enough. Because that's the love that our savior our father died for that love is enough and a mold what is it the word says that perfect love casts out all fear so maybe we just don't really know what love is because i believe real love is enough now maybe not what we show in these little relationships where we say we love each other no, no that's not enough in fact that's not even love but can we be i want to say peaceable reasonable can we function enough on a minimum level and we're going to find out on a minimum level, what would that take? On a basic Sesame Street, one, two, three level, what is it going to take to just co-parent in a very, very, you know, in the most uh, sound, effective way to bring about the best, in, you know, environment and impact for our children? Um, so, Glenn, I'm going to probably start with you. 
you know, if we had to say, now I'm going to put myself out there on, on the block because guess what? I promise you, I would have, I told you guys this before. I would have told all of my baby daddies. I had three of them, four kids, three baby daddies, four boys, three baby fathers. And all I wanted was a father for my children. Where on the Anthony side, you was a father for your children. And they, you have women who would keep you from your children. And so I'm trying to understand if one of them came to me probably back then and really came to me heart to heart, first apologized, repented and said, you know, I'm sorry for just leaving you holding the bag. Can you forgive me? I would have absolutely said yes. How can we co-parent? I would have been teen, teen dad all day. And so who is supposed to start this conversation? Is it the father's responsibility, Glenn, or is it the mom's? Who's supposed to start the whole conversation of healthy co-parenting or just the ability to try? It's supposed to be both parents. Um, I wish that, you know, education, we've been talking about this a lot. Education is the key to a lot of things. And both parents need to be educated that beyond your the, the separation from each other. You separate from each other, but not your kids. And there needs right. to be some tips also, education on how to be an effective co-parent. And when I, when I use the title, when love is not enough to break another child, the love was for, not for each other, the love mm -hmm. was for their child. Cause both of them say, I love my kids. Sure. But your love for your kids has not stopped you from putting your kids in the middle of your fight. So if you could love your kids so much, you will keep them out of your marital affairs. Like for so the what guys. What would step number one be? What would the step, the first step be? What so would now, be the first step? The, the both parents, one of the ladies that in our, in our, in our in my coworkers, I wrote about, write about this. She said her and her husband signed a gag order that says neither one of them could talk about the other parent in front of their kids. She said, I wanted to cuss them out and I did cuss them out, but I never cussed them out in front of my kids. That should be the first thing. They should have a commitment to one another. We don't like each other, that's feeling good, but I'm not gonna talk bad about you in front of our son and our daughter and the father and the mom come up with that same thing and they stick with it. That would be the number one word to start. So that is a, what is that an agreement of the do's and don'ts of yes, how that we would be, yeah, yeah, that would be a, I'm putting together now because a book called The Ten Commandments of Co-Parenting. And that's gonna I be one it. of them. That's gonna that's be the one 10 of them. crack commandments, not that. Not the ten, no, uh, the ten commandments of co-parenting. So, so that would be number one. They have to come to some kind of conclusion that this relationship is not working out for whatever reason. That's all well and good. But but we've got to make a commitment to one another that we're not going to talk bad about our kids in front of the other parent. So what if they can't even get to the table? They want to do it, but if they try to get at the table and they start going back and forth with well, you and me and this and that, do you then suggest, um, what, a mediator? I, yeah, I, well, I do coaching now for, for single couples, not singles, but divorced couples. And they're trying to get their life together as far as co-parenting. So I give them some tips on how to be an effective co-parent. 
I meet with the woman separately. I meet with the men separately. And then I, I have a joint section together where if they are committed to one another and when they, when they, when we come together, when they start to blaming one another, I, I just scratch that. That's not what this is about. This is about for the welfare of your kids. This is not about you. So why don't, why do you do it just for married couples? Why not? For not, not married couples, not married couples, but couples that are separating. They're divorced. Got not it. married couple. I mean, you know, I, I do for, not married couple. For this is, this is for kids, uh, couples that have divorced now, uh, reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, we need some help co-parenting." And a lot of time, it's the woman, it's the man that reach out, or the woman reach out, and the other parent agree to it. And some of them don't. They're like, you know, I ain't got nothing. I don't want to be in the same room with the SOB. It, all that stuff because you know they're mad with them. They're angry, but they're not willing to to put that aside. You know what? And to be honest with you, I'm not. Some of them have a right to be that way. The man dogged her out, left her for her best friend, ain't paying no child support. I understand that pain, but you cannot put that and your kids be affected by that. You got to put that stuff aside. You need to get some help working on forgiveness and demand the same way. There's some men out there that they're drama. They are angry themselves because their women had an affair on them and left them for another guy. And they're angry and mad. And I understand. Oh, you that. mean to tell me all this anger, so much anger that you can't even see your child because I might cheated on you. I'm going to need you to go yeah, get that. That's what it's, that's what it's Peter, started. Joseph, but, but, Mary, but, and Samuel. But it's, but it's also hurt and pain. Hurting people hurt people. They're hurting because they thought you was the, you know, this night, Brian, you know, you were just, yeah. we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. And yeah, but I don't think them. that's the case for everybody because everybody didn't think it was going to be together. Some was just a straight booty call that exactly. was not exactly. up for uh, yeah. Exactly. So you got the one night stand or you got the, you know, y'all just got together and she got pregnant and now you got this kid to raise. A lot of, a lot of men get mad now because they, she, he wanted her to get an abortion. And she's like, I'm not getting an abortion. I'm not doing it. I'm not boarding my child. And then he did come to me because they're mad and they say, I'm mad because I didn't have a choice in the matter. And I said, you did have a choice in the matter. Yep. You chose to have unprotected sex. That was your choice. Yep. Now I she think. now she chooses now to keep this child. And she have a right to, too, as well. So she's going to live with her choice. You're willing to wait for your choice. Because you're saying, now, right. you know what? I don't want the child, so I'll, give, I'll leave them to you to raise. So we have an agreement, an agreement on paper. Now getting those two to the table in the beginning is 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 going to be, you know, difficult because there are some of us that have just such great, strong, just vengeful feelings yeah. against the other person. Yeah. However, if you when you think about your mate, here's tip number one. If you think about your mate and your heart is inflamed with fire. Go and repent. Just fall to your knees and ask the Lord or whoever you pray to, Buddha, Allah, whoever you pray to, ask them to just take everything within you out of you. Everything of hate, evil, anger, malice, frustration, bitterness, envy, jealous, hurt, pain, all of it. Just take it. Just ask them to remove it. Now, of course, you can say that. And some people will get off the floor angrier. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, you know, Anthony, I, I'm sure there's many times. So I, I mean, to me, the difference is the Holy Spirit. You know, that's that's me. You know, it got to really be somebody on the inside checking you and convicting you, instructing you, cleaning you up from the inside out. However, 
what would you say could be a more practical attempt if I said, you know, that if your heart is enraged with fire, because I'm sure there was many times your heart was enraged with fire when you were just trying to be a father for your children, to your children. What was some of the, what did you, what were practical things that you did to help to quench that flame of, of vengeance that you could have sought, but you never did? Well, well, I, I, I just pretty much, you know, I kept my, my children before, before me. You know what I mean? And before the situation that was at hand, because I just thought about their situation and their well-being, not just their welfare, because I was giving money. The money was coming from all angles. But at the end of the day, I just felt bad because they in the middle of that situation. And I said, man, I, I, I don't even live in the house with them. I'm outside of the situation. So I know they got to be going through some hell when they lay down in the bed. And they figuring, dang, my mommy and my dad is going at it and they don't know what to do. So that's what really, really helped me stay grounded other than God, you know, the spirit of God keeping me grounded. Because um, a lot of anger was there. A lot of resentment was there. A lot of, you know, I thank God it did never, it never hit hate. Never hate, never hit my heart. I thank what? God for that. Nah, hate never hit my heart. Even for a second? Nah, I disliked like crazy. Ooh. I hate I it. I was about to kill somebody. Nah, hate hate never hit me. Because if hate hit me, I know me. You know what I'm saying? It would have been it would have been violence involved because that's how bad it was. But because of the saving grace that God I had with God, the relationship I had with God, I would say that my kids, I had to put my kids there out there. I had to put them like, man, I ain't I, listen, I know I'm feeling bad, but how are they feeling? So I, if I'm kids, feeling bad and I'm an adult, yeah. So putting the kids, children, the how they handle and that hurt, you know what I mean? Because kids hurt too now. True they true. hurt. That's why they act out. That's why they silently. You don't know what kids are going through behind doors. Why you there? Why y'all two going at it? And so that's 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 what really kept me really. And then I I I I was told to, you know, um, refer to the court system. That's the only thing that helped me too. The court system did help me because I went with my white flag. <laughs> I was like, listen, ho, I need help, man, because this is ugly right now. So they did assist me, told me how the right channels to go about doing it. So I followed those ways and I, it happened. The only thing that I did not like with the court system was the mediation part. I think it was one-sided. They, the, the children had a law guardian automatically protected the, the woman and the kid, not just the child, the woman too, because the child is with the woman. So I was like, can we all sit down and have a conversation? They was like, nah, you need a lawyer. I was like, wow, if I had a lawyer, man, I mean, if I could, uh, you know, afford a lawyer at this point, I probably wouldn't be in this situation. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a lot of mechanics, but like I said, the number one was the child, my children. That was more important than anything. So you said something and I'm interested because remember last week we talked about, we said, hey, how come the people on the child support roles are mostly African-American males right. and they're not necessarily maybe dead broke more than, he, than they're dead beat. But you just said, if I had the money to afford an attorney, I would have just paid for attorney, which then tells me that the issue we're speaking of 
is not an issue that wealthy people think about or not think about. It's not an issue that wealthy people really kind of endure to this degree. So because an attorney would have just come in and just would have swiped. And this is what I don't understand. Because if an attorney is required and necessary for men right. dealing with child support, why not allow the, the, the free attorneys to help men in this area? Maybe that's something we need to also advocate, Glenn, for policy change. If we can help put their asses in jail, we need to help keep them out. Right. Well, I, I don't, I mean, when the guys go before the judge, they have to have a court-appointed attorney. So they have one to advocate them while they're in the courtroom. I've now, seen I've seen many men show up without an attorney nah, at all. I'm talking about child support issues. I'm not talking about, see, uh, the other thing is, that's what I'm talking about for child support. I, child I've support before they go for what in North Carolina. Before you go before the judge and criminal, you have to have a lawyer to represent you. So That's why they give but you. now you're talking criminal, not before it gets criminal, because then it's criminal. Oh. So oh, okay, if it's yeah. criminal right. because right. you broke the law, then you get the lawyer. But right. what right. about when it's not criminal and it's what at child support, what is it considered? Civil? Uh, yeah, family? Civil, yeah, civil, yeah. CBD. <laughs> Civil contempt, yes. Civil. So yes. at civil, you don't get the attorney. Mind mm -hmm. you, how many cases turn from civil to criminal? I promise you there's some stats on... Well, there's a lot of them because in, in, in the civil contempt, the person who's on civil contempt doesn't do what they asked them to do. Now it turns to criminal because they've asked him to do something, like pay his child support. If oh, he doesn't boy. do it, then it turns to be criminal. Okay, so now, pause right there. So, <laughs> wait a minute. Support because the system is asking him to do something that he that he should be doing. But what if he don't have the ability to do? Well, Meaning, hold on. Let's me. He doesn't have the ability to pay what the courts believe he should be paying. He only he has no high school diploma. He he only got no job. He can pay uh, uh five dollars a week. That's all he can pay. Why is that? That's not enough. Well, because. Um, and I'm not mad because if you come no, with me, I've been in. I've been in. I mean, not having a job is not an excuse for not paying your child support. Again, again, what? again. No, it's not. It is not, and that's a good reason why. Because I could say I don't have a job. I could be working under the table, so I won't pay my child support. That's not an excuse. You can't say I don't have a job. You can say that for the next thirty years. I don't have a job. I'm not gonna pay my child support. They're not gonna. They don't hold water. And my dad said, that dog don't hunt. You got ability to work 40 hours a week at minimum wage that base your child support on that. Can yeah. I say, can I, can I say this? Can I say this? Now I get all of that, right? I get all of that. Lock up, lock up, lock up. If you don't do what you're supposed to do. But what about the child? What are we talking about the child? Even if a person comes on his own now and says, this is what I, because everybody doesn't get, remanded to jail or everybody doesn't get you know sometimes a person even if you see they're wrong and they say you know what okay i don't have all the money i have some of the money what's the problem with that okay you broke the law ain't the system supposed to be trying to help you like get some type of clarity on how can i make this right if the person is saying at least i think give that person a, some type of, at least try to go get some money or go do something. They don't do that half the time. They they just put you in a situation where 
okay, you're this type of person. So now this is what we're going to bring to you. If you don't have this certain amount of money, boom, bailiff, come do what you got to do. And I well, think yeah. that's, that's, that's too much. I get what you're saying. The child yeah. is going to make your payments. I get that. My pushback to that is, in the last 10 years I've been in the child support court, before you get to criminal court, they have walked through a lot of this. You don't have meetings upon meetings upon meetings. Upon that is meetings. not true, Glenn. Where is you at? I'm in child support court. Well, I'm in child support court for the last 10 years, and I see what happened. It's not based on what somebody told me. I'm watching this. this is not, I'm going to say this. Let's, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. No disrespect. This is a slave state, North Carolina. Well, you, you, again, a North lot of Carolina states, don't have no mercy on nothing. No, North Carolina is a whole lot better than some states. No, no, I'm not saying it's, I'm just saying it's some states like that too. But North Carolina, man, if you go in there, you can be on your knees and like, okay, let me, let me use me for an example. Let me use me for an example. Okay. Because I, I can explain better. Let me, when I was going through what I was going through, I petitioned. I petitioned. Not them. They didn't pull me in the court. I petitioned. Your Honor, this is what I can do. I know I'm behind. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to run me down. They never had to run me down. It was the woman that went in the court and lied. Literally lied. And they took her word. And investigated me without investigating the woman. You see what I'm saying? Investigate two parties, not one. This woman didn't even have to show where she got money from. She was making, she tripled my money with it, what she was making on her job based on what I was making. Man, they, she didn't have to show no identification. All, only thing she showed her identification, but as far as her, her jobs and all that stuff, whereabouts, none of that happened. But they rent me down to the ground and like, whoa. And you would thought I owe $30,000, $40,000 to this woman. Okay. So let me wait. Let me say something see, before you. You see, how this you see how this conversation, how this conversation has shifted? We were talking about the article. Out, no, no. Hold on. It started out talking about the man and the woman getting together. Now we shifted to the system. And that's what we do. Because it's both. No, what, it's we, both. Exactly. But why now we're focusing on how do we co-parent together? How right. Do, right. Yeah. So the fact that now it's like, what do we do as couples? And a lot of times we want the system to fix a problem they're not designed to fix. They a mediator. Fix. No, what uh, about uh, a mediator? But yeah, mediators do work that way, yeah. But that's mediator works that way. But you still the mediator can't fix your your issues. They could talk Wait, about it. Okay. But if you if you two still are fighting and still not getting along, a mediator can't do that. Again, but what I'm we're saying for, is I, we're looking for all the people. It, it we look for other awful. people to solve solve our problem. But wait, let me ask you this. I get you, Glenn. I get it. But what I'm going to say is, how come all the fat people that couldn't lose weight got to opt in for weight loss surgery? They could have shown enough, went out there and exercised. They could have ate carrot sticks all day and night. They could have put them Twinkies down. We could have because I don't have weight loss, weight loss surgery. But I needed help and intervention and there was somebody there because i'm sure there was it was an interest to them to create weight loss surgery because they could charge an arm and a leg for it but what i'm saying is you're asking people to do something that they don't have the capacity to do but you they still do. want them to they do, do. It. they do have the capacity they choose not to you have the capacity to get along 
I guess you I mean I could, I could have lost the weight. You I should, should have. No, we're talking about no, we're talking about losing weight now. People I'm have just the capacity. An analogy. People have capacity to get along. They choose not to because they're angry and mad with one another. Right. And Glenn, you're what listen, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Glenn, with that. But what I'm saying mm. is this you have to, the system has to bend. I don't care if there's two out of control, then that's why there's a system. That is why there is a system, but it cannot be one-sided. It cannot be one-sided. I get that, but the media, you said I'm for the mediator and they give y'all some tips to do and you right. still don't do it, is the mediator's fault? No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm saying it's, it's you very rarely see a mediation in these child, in this court. And these child support courts. That's what I'm saying. So here's this what, but but Glenn has said it many times before. So here's the deal. Here's what now. What here's what I know. When I was working in juvenile correction, and they all were um, what we was it 160 girls, right? 158 of them African American, all in the juvenile detention center. 158 of them were from single family homes, all in the juvenile detention center. 158 of them were dropouts, all in the juvenile detention center. 158 of them were committing crimes. That's why they was in the juvenile detention center. Now, I could have stood right there in the juvenile detention center and said, you guys need to stop creating a crime because you guys have the wherewithal to go to school and get your education and do right and get a successful job and go to college so you can earn more. I could have gave that speech because why? They had the capacity to do better. They had the capacity to not steal. They could have made better decisions, but there was something underlying it was a systemic it was a trend and so throughout the last 20 years of me having to try to unravel that that was not an accident just like all the people in your court system that you see day in and day out there are trends and they're african-american they probably have little to no education they probably if they finish school have some kind of you know unfavorable background they're trends and you cannot just address the problem head on without looking at the trends that cause this person to be who this person is today, which is the what is which is making up the breakdown or is causing this huge feed. It's feeding this virus in our in our um, United States of America. It's feeding the correctional enterprise system. It's feeding the criminal justice system. It's putting money and people in private schools to right. college because they're lawyers, they're, they're district attorneys, they're prosecutors, they're judges, they're, they're you know what I'm saying? So it's feeding a system and we cannot right. look at that. You cannot just not look at that. And we do look at that. And we look at that, all of that. At the same time, I, I, just because you're a victim of the system, you don't get a pass by not paying your child support. You don't get a pass for not so paying- So what about, okay, so, okay, we're gonna pause for it because I believe you. We, I believe we always, at the end of the day, we come back to the same thing of what we do know is true. That is true. You don't get the jackass pass. So well, what about their jackass pass? Where is their jackass pass? Show right. me the jackass pass when they right. created this shit from the beginning. You know what? Where I mean, they passed that? Who the hell is holding them accountable? I don't, you know what? But honest with you, I'm gonna let y'all have that dog in that fight. My fight oh, is yeah. teaching these guys how to get along with one another. And I mean, you probably need my, I'm not going to say you don't need both. That's what I'm going to stick with. Y'all right, 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 right. But you know how, what? How, wait, wait, wait. Hold. So you telling me you ain't going to ever, ever come your, your tail on this side of the fence and be able to say, yeah, we got to hold them accountable. Oh, I, but I, you I, want every, you want to, but you want a whole law that's going to put all the fatherhood programs in order. 
So they need to come through the courts to come through your program. What is that? Well, I agree with all of that. I, all you guys are doing, y'all work on policies, and I can help you give you some guesses on what the policy you could change. I'm going to let y'all do that. That's your fight. I'm going to let y'all do that. Mine right, is, right. Like, like, this is a No, we're not saying one or the other, Glenn. We're not saying we stay over here, you stay over there. Yeah. We're you saying know. just like we know it's personal responsibility. Anthony had to take responsibility. I had to take responsibility. Right. You took it. Your wife took it. Or your ex-wife took it. So, yes, we're not circumvented that. But we not. what we're saying is you can't just use that and only that alone. Well, let me, Raquel, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this, right? When I went through what I went through, I was not 100% perfect in what I did. I made some bad decisions and, and because I didn't know the system. I didn't understand the system. I didn't know the woman that I thought I knew. I didn't think she would drag me through the mud like that, but because I'm not the deadbeat dad. So at the end of the day, I still didn't do some things. I got sick. I had pneumonia. Could not pay. Could not. You was, in the I had a big incision in my throat. They drug me to court, not them, her. She said, oh, no, 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 no. Like you said, it was her, like me and her. It was our issue. But when she took it to them, they took it and ran with it. Didn't care about my, my sickness. Didn't care about, they didn't look at the fact that I got a track record of paying child support. I got a track record of buying school clothes. I got a track record of spending time with my children. So in that regard, when they locked me up, they didn't even care if I had a job to come back home to, nor did I have a house to go back home to. They didn't care nothing about that. They were just like, yo, this is your punishment. Eat it. So and let me ask you this. Glenn, would it then be fair to say that a key to co-parenting could be that both of them should come together to realize that the system is not their friend, the system is not coming to their rescue, and that they ask is going to have to get themselves out of this because they got themselves in it. The reality of it is, the reality, the reality is, only 10% of people in Wake County are going through the child support court. That's the reality. The other 90% are co-parenting. Well, but look at they're the doing it, They're doing it very well because they have made a choice. To, I want to see them stats. Wait, I'm telling you, go look them up. It's only, a look few, them up. it's only a few, a handful of people in the okay. whole scheme of things. Ain't no handful. No, I'm, I'm, when, 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 when you compare the population of Raleigh, of North Carolina, of, of Wake County, to how many people in the child support court compared to how many people have got divorced, you'll see that number very small. But yeah, because I'm pretty, I, mean, I bet you what you're going to find a correlation of. Just like you got the whole little nice little city of Raleigh, God bless their heart, and all of the little nice little white, all the rich people that got their own homes, I bet you what you're going to see in your trends or your 10%, they ain't homeowners. You know they ain't college graduates. Right. You know they what? ain't college graduates. There's they a whole probably lot of have had Wait a minute, they're from single family homes. They probably have had some innings with the law at some point in time in their life. And so this is the festering virusy thing that this right. is a trend that right. talks about a bigger issue. This child support thing is just a piece of an issue. It's right. just a I piece get, of an issue. I get that. Guess what? I promise you, if black men were given the opportunity to take care of their families, and if we were not robbed, cheated, stolen from an, an exile and prevented from taking care of our kids, and we were able, and our pathway to prosperity was not obstructed, we would be better fathers. We would what be better the, community leaders. We would be better. What about the, those of us are doing this? What about those folks like you who have, you have background? What about the people who have a lot of issues? They're not, these, what we talk, 
that what, that what we're talking about, what about all the other black people, uh, other people who grow up in poverty? What are they doing? Everybody's not in the system because they made a choice. But that's a, Listen, we're not out here. This We don't exist for them. We exist. This whole whole initiative, what you your whole program exists for this population. People who, right. that's why we're here. Everybody we, we touch. We exist to touch those. We're called to these people. So who cares about what other people are doing? Because if it was something that was a model and a best practice, then hell, the next door neighbor can go tell homeboy from down the street, I've you just people, need to do this and get your life together. Six figures. Just because you make money and got ability to pay your child support. I've had athletes to come into our program. They're now, how many is that, though? Compared to the whole, but what's the, that percentage? But the issue is they made a choice uh. to take care of their kids just like this other guy did. That's the that's that's the common denominator. That is, but we talking stats, Claire. Compared to your ten percent, you just said ten percent is the ones not paying. But now, out of the ten percent not paying, how many of them are wealthy athletes making over six figures? Not a lot. But there's a whole lot of rich people. That, there's a lot of rich people getting divorced and not paying their child support. Well, of course, because their child support is like eight hundred thousand dollars a month. I'm, I'm, I get it. I but get it. Making, and if you're making eighty thousand, what's eight hundred dollars a month? I said eight hundred thousand. <laughs> you a millionaire? You probably yeah. If you eight, trust me, eighty thousand. You you paying eight hundred thousand child support? You paying way more than that? I but, was getting that, and it was breaking probably fifty. But you know what? This this is a fight. This this is a dog fight. That's what it is. But at the end of the day, with the system and all that, but. What we were talking about really was the parenting, the co-parenting, exactly. which that's what I we know. But really we, need other to people on Facebook, somebody said, Anderson said, "What about the children? What about the children? What that's about the children? What about the children?" That's what we're talking about. But we so, but we are, we'll go over it because it's easy to blame all these it's other stuff. It's easy to blame the system, the white man, uh, all the stuff. It's easy to blame that. We but don't know now one white man that isn't responsible. I, I could probably have, I got a few names, but I got a few names of some black men too. Oh, yeah. Not just white men it's and black women. It's easy to blame other people. That's why and that's why we gravitate to that. Why I be hating when Glenn be right. I hate it. But you know what? But you know what? It's not, the thing is, the thing is, it's, it's a right and a wrong, what we're talking about. So, we're trying to hone in on the right. You know what I mean? I think the right thing to do is to continue to get two people together, which that's probably the hardest thing to do. And it's just a strategy that has to happen because again, the kids, and while we having these discussions, while we thinking what we thinking, what do you? The kids, but that's Glenn's, Glenn said when love is not enough. When we get, I don't know if you guys grew up or not, but when I, when I grew up, my mom and dad, especially my mom, if we acted up, my mom would send us to the woods to get a switch. I don't know if y'all know about switches or not. Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was an art to get that's the country. switch. That's country. We had that's country. country. I know you don't know that. Oh, that's New York, too. Nah, uh, we got but you got switches. There was an art to getting a switch. You didn't get one too big, and you didn't get one too small. My mom was a big woman, so I wanted to get her at least two or three licks before it broke because she's satisfied that she brought some pain to me and I'm satisfied that I minimized the pain. So we both happy. The thing is, well, two things I always remember. Number one, the switch always hurt. And number two, the switch always broke. 
So remember that. So when the parents are putting their kids in the middle of their fight, the kids become the switch. Number one, it hurts the other parent. And number two, the switch always broke, which is the kids. Right. And we're breaking our kids every day because of our, I won't say inability to co-parent, but our not willingness to co-parent. We have the ability, but we choose not to. Because Maybe we so don't. Angry. Maybe we, we don't. Maybe we the do. capacity, just because you're human doesn't mean you have the capacity. You have to go. Yeah, but nah, you're right. You know what? You, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with Glenn when he said that the kid, that's what I'm on. The kids are being broken. And yeah. so as the adults, we still children too. Some of us okay, are. Stay right there. Hold on. Hold on. You just said something. Okay. Y'all want to go around this bunny tray? I'm going to go right on there and hop on it. Boom. <laughs> kids broken. The switch. Switch, switch, swash. Kid broke. Guess what? Broke kid turned into a broke ass man. He broke. So how come we get the pass? The kid was broke. Broke kid never got repaired. Now he broke man. Broke man don't have capacity to hold fullness because he broke. Now what you gonna do? Broke men do have capacity because oh. that broke man, that broke man do the same thing as his broke father did. He do have the capacity. That's why education is so important. He's broken. How do you now repair the brokenness? Yes, he's broken, but who broke him? The sister didn't break him. No, we <laughs> no, the parents broke him. Exactly. So what I'm saying is obviously that is the underlining current that broken people break broke people break people. Broken right. people break people, right? Hurt right. people hurt people. So here's the current. How do we where do we start to fill the gap when you're dealing with a whole bunch of brokenness? Right. Right, because I see what you're saying, because at some point, when are we going to stop saying they own up, they have to own up to what they've done? You know what so I mean? This is a, why, right. So here, a, so what I'm just saying is, it's one thing to put this whole model in, in context when you're saying mommy and daddy use the child and they're the switch. And now the child has broke because of mommy and daddy. Now that now the child has grown up to be a teenager. He has a child. He's young. He's broken. He doesn't know because he's broken. He has a child and he breaks his child. His right. child is broke. That's the cycle. He grows up to break more children. And you have brokenness, breaking, brokenness, breaking, brokenness. And so at some point, yes, somebody has to be responsible for the brokenness. But if you how you then if that's the case, if you're going to say that my child is broken because I broke them, then I have to be responsible. Then I would have to be responsible for being broken myself. Because I was broken. My mom was broken. She she didn't have the capacity to give what she couldn't give. Therefore, I couldn't have what I needed to fully be healed. So then you're going to keep going back, keep going back, keep going. How far are you going to go back before you get to the root cause? The root cause, and here's a real root cause, which I don't care what I'm on, like Dr. McTerrion said. If And this is what she said, this comment the last time. She said, if we... I'm going to get her phrase right. She said, if you arrest the master, you don't have to free the slaves. This whole spirit of hate, this whole spirit of just uh, harsh, punit punitive, oppression. Just hate, oppression, all of that that has been bestowed onto us as a people, it has impacted us severely, Glenn, and it has broken us. 
in more that, ways than we want to even acknowledge. I believe that I believe that 100 percent But at some point in time, we have to make decisions to get whole. We have to make decisions to get healed and still live the rest of our life broken. Absolutely. And I'm, with somebody else for it. I'm with that. Now is prison. Let me ask Glenn. Let me ask, let okay. me say this. Now, prison, right? Okay, they made them, they 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 didn't do what they were supposed to do. Now they go to prison, right? But there's a systemic problem with now you can't get a job because of your record. Now you can't, now you can't even get a passport if you owe a certain amount of child support. So they shut you out of society, even though they after they push you back into society, here's re-entry now. What is re-entry gonna do to a hurt heart and a broken person with a with a with a re-entry pass? That ain't gonna help them, is what I'm saying. What we do, I do it every day. I got I got 48 guys living in my house. All of them coming out of prison. Guess what? There's plenty of jobs out there, and they get them. Eighty percent of no, guys. I'm just, I'm just saying. Eighty percent right, right, of guys saying, in our house. That's the punishment that they get. Well, it's a punishment, but eighty percent of guys out of house get jobs, and they turn their life around because you know what? There is a choice. Now they could live in the past and say I got a criminal record, and that be the excuse, or they could choose to live in the future and say, you know what? Because of my criminal record, I'm going to change my thinking. I'm going to change my behavior. And guess what? Six, a year down the road, most of the people don't even know they've been to prison. Now, there's some people with the prison mentality. They don't change anything. And they keep blaming the system. And they keep going back. But like you said, Raquel, you woke up one day and say, I don't like what I am. I'm going to make a change. And that's what people need to do. Until right. then, we can blame the system all we want. Right, right. And, and I mean... And most men can blame most women, men. Listen, you know, so many times I could have done, I could have bought CPS to these to, to my baby's mothers. But what would have that done? That would mess up. My child would probably be in the system somewhere. I know a lot of men who called CPS right on the baby. I'm mother. talking about the women. It's so unfair to whereas they do things. And the man, such as me, I done had people so many times saying, man, you stupid, man. Man, you should have that woman locked up for what she's doing to her own child, which mm -hmm. is my child. You know, so, so I was like, wow. You know, you know what some men do? They don't do that. But you know what they do? They turn away and walk away. They never come back. They do just as bad. They don't no, turn them in, just... but they, they they go down the street and start another family. Well, put yourself in that shoes. And now, if you were in, if you never in them shoes, you can you can't really speak for that. If you never was in those shoes, you can't really speak for that until that pressure come on you so heavy. So you weren't in those shoes. You was on the other end where child, child support was being paid to you. But now, you what know, if you get caught up? I had a choice. Different. I had a choice. I didn't have right. a choice to be a single parent. I could say, you know what? You take my kids. But I had a choice. Right. I made that choice. Men make choice every day long. They either choose to be responsible or they choose to be irresponsible. So let me ask you this. Why did you choose to get your children? Did you not think she was capable of being the greatest mom? Did you not think your children will have just as better, uh, equal or no. better quality of life with her versus you? It had, no, it had nothing to do with that. As a fact, number one. Because you just wanted to be with your children. My, my kids, my one, yes. Nobody's going to raise my kids but me if I had anything to do with it. And that's how I felt. I felt when there was a disconnect with me and my ex-wife, I was like, man, I told the judge, I said, Your Honor, if she's having so much problems with money and financial problems, get my, let me get my child. Let me get my child. No, nah, that was the biggest fight that I ever 
could have had. But I backed out of it because, okay, again, I cared more about the child's well-being, you understand, than mine. But let me say something, because we had a comment on Facebook where he said, and I tell fathers all the time, it ain't her choice, it ain't up to her. You you continue to do the fight to get drunk custody of your child. Because fighting for drunk custody of your child is better than sit back and say, you know what, I'm just going to let her have it. I had joint custody. I had joint custody. And the problem still happened. <laughs> oh, I yeah, had, that sister this, hated you. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I had joint custody and the problem still happened. So, But let me ask you this. So this kind of brings me back to, like we had a comment on Facebook. Thank you guys for all of the, um, that's a good question too. Uh, Willie said, does it, before we answer that, does the system cultivate the brokenness? Which, you know, I would say definitely yes. But, um there was a she said we do have the capacity like you said glenn we do have the capacity and maybe we need to just move and speak in that power that we have the power but maybe we need to stop saying that we don't black men can't black men fatherless this fatherless that this that this that and like erica james said at dinner this weekend she said why don't we just tap into their ability to be great and yes. inspire the great part of them Yes. to hope because obviously staying in the pain is not right. nobody's moving that way again just like just like uh when you get a dui you got to go to class you get an education just how when you beat your wife up you got to go to class about anger management you get an education about about anger management when you got to go to father ever class you get an education about being a father now the first thing the guys do listen to this when they come out this is what they do when they first come to my class they sit back like this they mad they don't want to be there. They're angry. But the fourth or fifth class, they're doing like this. Because I'm touching something on the inside of them that make them realize your kid needs you. And guess what they do? By the time they graduate, they step up to the plate, they're paying their child support, and they're getting along with their ex-wife. Because somebody made them come. A court system. That's why policies needs to change to order men to come to the program, just like you ordered him to go to a domestic violence class. Order him to go to a parenting class, but not just him. Order the woman too, because yeah. she's just as bad as he is. Right. True. But I mean, those that are the, policies, part of the, that's part those of the policies that we need to enforce. That because most of the people, most of the time, men and women are not going to go unless they're made to go. These right. guys would not go to the child support, the, um, the anger management unless the court says before you you got you got to go take this class, and there is consequences. And guess what? They come. Dragging and streaming, but I've taught both classes. About the time they leave, they understand how uncontrollable anger can devastate their lives and their kids' life, and their life change. That's the key, right? I right. believe you. I mean, I'm there with it. I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I think we probably need to analyze. analysis. Um, we should make analysis a word. Analyze the, the policy agenda because there is some policy um, implication that speaks right directly to that. Um, educate non incarcerated fathers for failure to pay child support. You know, when they come before you with a child support matter and you see that he has no income, he ha he should be mandated to go to a plethora of workforce development programs funded by the Department of Labor, in addition to the Fathers Forever program, because the goal should be not punitive to punish but more um, repairing, more rehabilitative to help so that he can be a better father. And I know that that is right around the corner 
that is one of those things. If you guys are out there saying you want to fund systemic change, you know, now that's the new damn buzzword, systemic change. I knew this shit was going on long before now, but now everybody want to do it with your economic, what they call it? Uh, oh, I can't stand I think there's a committee. I know that there's a committee that just does buzzwords. And now it's like, everybody wants the economic, what is it, inclusion. diversity and inclusion officer. Like, you got to hire somebody for this? You a fool. You and your company. But okay, you, you don't know no better because your heart don't want, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. However, economic and diversity, diversity um, DNI officers, systemic change, all of the funders, the foundation people, everybody want to address systemic change, but they really don't. They really don't because they don't even know how. Right. And so, you know, hopefully we'll unveil the policy piece um, sooner than later. Um, but I, so far I got one coming up, you know, sit down at the table, come up with an agreement. You and her work together. To, if y'all could have worked together to get the, the buns. I don't even know. If that's so old school, get the buns. Do they even say yeah, that anymore? Yeah, though. <laughs> to keep the buns. You said don't go nowhere else. Keep it clean. Right. <laughs> to get the sticky buns. Sticky buns. <laughs> You, you, you work real hard to get the sticky buns. Now you got the sticky buns. You don't want, you could come to the table with some agreement, right? After that, I got number two, at least have enough compassion for your child. Put yourself in your child's situation. The child didn't ask to be there. You put the child in this situation by right. you fathering that child and, and, and then protect yourself. Uh, then we got number three, refer to your rights. The courts can and have in many cases help men, you know, exercise their rights as fathers. Just because if she's coming in and she's kind of manhandling the situation, controlling and saying you can't see your child, refer to the courts because as a father, you have rights. For I, this is mine. I said, recognize that the system is not here to help you, but will be right there should you get out of line. And should you not be able to keep your, your lifestyle in check and, you, and this little cordial agreement, the system is going to be right there to do what the system do. They have everything in place to manage your flesh and when it get out of control. So go ahead and put that system to work for you. You want it. Other than that, you can handle this. Like Willie said, everybody said, you know, we have the capacity. We are more than capable of love. That's one thing I know at the end of the day, we are all capable of love. And love, perfect love, it covers a multitude of, of, of sin and everything else I hate you know just that that word is like one of them old scriptures they used to beat you up beside the head with at the church um but we're all capable of love real love um five definitely definitely refer to fathers forever it's a it's a program that can help Glenn you're doing coaching not just for married couples right oh, couples, yes they yeah. could just be coupled or have a parent or children together. Yeah, separated parents who are trying to not co-parent. Who wants to co-parent, right? You know, and if you're and if you're young, I know we we're working on our model. You know, whereas I'm more of the prevention. I'm the pregnancy prevention. You know, I'm like gonna help if I can help a young mom avoid going into the welfare system. I can probably more than likely help a dad avoid the child support system. And if I can help two kids, two young adults avoid pregnancy before they're ready, I can help them avoid all of that hardy. And if in fact you happen to skirt through, get it? Anthony James is going to be in the middle and in intervention with the life skills, 
the fatherhood, you know, just overall um, conflict resolution, just giving you the emotional intelligence, the wherewithal to be better, stand stronger, you know, improve quality of life by improving the internal skills that you have. And if that is not enough, I promise you, Glenn will be at the court. <laughs> when you come through the court, when homegirl puts you in the court system, he gonna be right there. And that's mercy and grace catching you once again after you done fell through all these loopholes. And he gonna get you right. Now, if you happen to still not get right, you might not ever get right. Now, and I mean, that's a three, that's a nice, you know, that's a nice paradigm of wraparound services for both youth, young adults, broken, healed, healing, that you, we just can't miss. We can't miss repairing you know, what has been broken with that model. Glenn, what is your uh, website if people wanna um, go to it to look into taking your course or getting any of your books? Um, www.afatherforever.com Thank you. Um, Afatherforever.com Yes, there's a um, they can get my book from um, uh, Barnes and Dover's uh, Amazon Beloved's Not Enough as well as Chat and Chew. The other book, uh, I'm finishing up the last chapter now I'm sending it back to them in the next couple of days. They got to edit it. And uh, that should be out in the next three weeks. And that is actually the, that's the Ten Commandments. No, that's not the, that's not the Ten Commandments. That's the textbook that we're going to use for the university. Our, our, now, they can go to the university to sign up for the classes. That is www.fatherforeveruniversity.com. Is www.fathersforeveruniversity. Is it Fathers Forever University? I don't know why we can't just get that. We need to just have that. It's fathers forever, a fathers forever, or just a father forever. Uh, fathersforever.com. A father, no, a father. Fa fa the first one is www.afatherforever. That's okay. our website. Got it. But if you go to our main website, then you can access all the other websites. www.afatherforever.com. Anthony, put in your website where people can find information about you and your services. Yes, menavisionexposed.com. That's my website. You know, you can reach me on that. Menavisionexposed.com. You know, um, um, it is about that time. We our hours went to go. It goes by pretty fast. Um, for these two books, these are available online, free eBooks, but you will have to pay for them on Amazon, but you can download them for free if you log on to the brillionaire not log on but follow me at the brillionaire and look at my link the omni link and on the free download you will get those two books um good 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 read shout out to charles griffin out there he actually helped me turn these raw 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 emotional books into pieces of art so i cannot forget charles griffin out there um brilliant editor brilliant writer um, he is out there somewhere doing good things, I pray. So next week, what we have, hopefully, prayerfully, Dr. McTarian will be in the building. We're doing uh, the Judge Wu presiding. That's what we're going to name these next series. 
because we have a couple of men coming to the court. And so we're going to kind of reenact these court scenes. And um, I think Anthony James is going to be like the, the, the district attorney, the attorney that nobody never can get. He's going to plead the cases so well. He's going to try his best. And Glenn Warren going to be the prosecutor. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. And, and I might just be that, I'm going to be that baby mama from hell. I'm going to be, I'm going to just go in. And then you're going to have Dr. McTarian as a judge and she's going to come and, you know, we're going we're gonna to have spectacles. Come on, somebody, to, huh? somebody needs to play the role as a father. Yeah, that she's going to bring the man. She's going to bring okay. the man that's going to bring, that's going to have their role. Now, what am I playing? I'm playing what? You're the, you're like the the uh the DA, not prosecutor. the prosecutor, not the prosecutor. You're the attorney, so you're going to be the hired attorney that's going to sit and talk with the the guy to find out what his situation is. Um, right. he's going to explain to us what you know the situation he got going on with the mom, and I'm gonna come in and play that mom. But you're going to be the attorney that he can't afford, but you're going to show up anyway. And um, Glenn is going to be the prosecutor that's going to see to it that you know. Um, he gets the maximum extent. Now, I'm not going to say Glenn has to put him in jail. He's going he's gonna to be defending the father. Huh? He's going to be defending the father? Yes. He's defending them. You prosecuting them. Okay. You're the prosecutor. <laughs> I'm coming for you, I'm coming for you. Listen, listen, man. I'm, I'm going to do how they did me. <laughs> what? Huh? No. Me, I mean, no, no, no. I'm saying the, the defendant, you know, um, attorneys and stuff like that, they're for the client. So at the end of the day, oh. yeah, I'm going to, you know, gonna Glenn is going to come. Glenn going to come. I got, I listen, already I, got know. I already know. Listen, we got the listen, gavel. Because you already know how to court, you got the gavel right there. <laughs> got the cat. All the rise. The Honorable Judge Mukhtarian in session. Yes, we got it all. We got it all. We ready. We just don't know who because really, because really, Raquel. All what happens <laughs> is is that the, the 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 lawyer, the defense lawyers, they all working with the court system anyway. I mean, so yeah, we know that. But don't you don't right. you dare, don't you now you part of the system, so you got to act your part. Don't you ain't right. I'm gonna work. I'm working with. I'm working with the system. I'm just gonna tell you. Listen, how much money do you have? <laughs> yep. But I have some. That's not funny. Look at Glenn say you better have some. You better have some. In the morning. Did we ever make our 100 subscribers for the love of the Lord? Listen, we was up to 97 subscribers. I promise you, we only needed like three more. And then I don't put another email out, text out, and half of them unsubscribed by accident. Wow. Wow. I was like, geez, wheeze. Can we get this together? If you are on this live right now on Facebook, if you have not liked our YouTube page, write in the comments. I posted the link to our YouTube page. All right, y'all. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's always, always, always a pleasure. I'm going to definitely get my little um, applause cracking going on because it is always, always, always a pleasure to be in a room with just greatness. I really admire the work that you guys do, even though you know, these conversations get me a little heated and I, I get a little passionate. I feel my blood boiled just a little bit today, but it's all good.
All right, you guys. Thank yeah. you for tuning in. You guys, same, same right. time, same place. All right. Good night. Good night. All right.